Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits news until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman, and thank you so much for joining me today. We've got another great episode lined up for you, and I have a really unique guest with me today. I know I'm so excited to learn from him, and you all are going to be super excited as well. I have um, Alex Bernier, who is a kinesiologist and strength coach and posturology clinician. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Um, that I'm still learning. And he is here to teach us some really, uh, really critical information. So welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me, Carol. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad that we have connected so that we can pass this information on to my myself and my listeners. So um, let me start off by telling people a little bit about you, but then I really want to hear from you. I want to hear your story on how you got started with this work. But just to give people a little bit of an overview... Alex runs the online school of exercise where he has helped thousands of students build better lifestyles and improve their long-term health. He started an online training website in 2015 that turned out to be pandemic proof despite early criticism. I think that's a story that we might need to hear about. Uh, now he has an international cohort of clients and students and he has helped people resolve multiple types of pain issues and become stronger and more fit than they ever could have imagined. So, you know, there are a lot of personal trainers out there. There are a lot of people in the fitness industry, but one of the reasons why I wanted Alex to come on today is because I think he has a fairly unique spin on how he's looking at fitness and the health of our body, which as everybody knows, um, what I'm really here to talk about, our physical health and our mental health. So um, thank you again for joining us. Um, this is going to be great. Well, thank so, you for having me once again. Yeah, sure. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in this work and then tell us more about your online school of exercise and what you're doing these days. Well, the first person I ever saw work out in my life was my father. Uh, I was very young. We went to a vacation and we went to the pool of the hotel and I saw him just doing a, a simple exercise on a machine at the, the gym right next to it. And I remember thinking oh, that was so cool. You know, I really wanted to do it too, but obviously I was too young. Then uh, years later, he took me, when we moved to Montreal, he took me to the new, his new gym uh, to visit with him and when he signed up. And again, I just saw the weightlifters, uh, you know, the whole universe, uh, the sounds, and it fascinated me even more. And I remember thinking, I want to join the gym, but I was eight years old. You had to be 14. So I remember thinking every year after that, you know, I can't wait to join the gym. And finally, the moment I turned 14, uh, I went to join the gym. Now, fast forward. I have a personal training certification, a degree in kinesiology, 
and a job at one of Montreal's uh, top health clubs, uh, which I quit shortly after graduating to go work at a startup in Dubai, which didn't work out the way I expected. So I was sent home a year and a half later uh, and decided to try it on my own. So after a few more failures at, at these projects, I wanted to do an app. I had all these great ideas, but no online clients. So it just wasn't working out. And finally, I got some real world clients, which I created a website to exchange uh, workout videos, uh, what I wanted them to do, uh, and any kind of information. They had private pages, uh, which led to my first uh, client who was not coming to my space. He was across town. We never met each other, but uh, I was training him online. So that was great because I could be from anywhere. I didn't have to be at my studio to train him. And then again, that led to the, my first national and international clients, which now has uh, you know many more uh, from all over the world. I've got clients in uh, all parts of America, South America, Europe, India. Uh, so it's great. I just get to learn so much from these people. Yeah, that it must be so fascinating to work with such a variety of, of people and clients. And you are so fortunate. You're one of those businesses and industries that was really well poised to thrive when um, when we hit this pandemic. Um, right. It sounds like, you know, a lot of people had to pivot really quickly, but it sounds like you were planting the seeds already and you had the wheels in motion so that you were really set up for success. Exactly. It's where I wanted to be, you know, 100% online. Uh, but I just, I had, you know, the studio space, the commercial space, the clients coming there, but then the pandemic kind of just pushed everything where I, I wanted it. Uh, I feel bad saying this, but uh, it turned out really great for the business. And now I, like I said, I'm training people from all over the world who are, you know, had to adjust their habits. You know, they were used to going to the gym and then it's like, Oh, all of a sudden they, they have to start buying home equipment. So I helped them design their home gyms as well. So it's been quite the experience. Yeah. It's definitely a win-win. You know, this was the, the business, um, vision that you had and maybe you were able to fast forward your timeline, but at the same time, there, there's such a great need, you know, we all got strapped to our chairs and, and, um, grounded at home. And so we really have such a need to learn and, you know, this isn't going to fully go away. I think in general, our, the, um, like the path that we travel in the course of the day is getting smaller and it's going to stay that way, I think. So we really are going to have to learn some new ways about how we get movement into our day and how we make that feel natural and not such a concerted effort, um, you know, to exercise. So how would you say you differentiate yourself from the other personal trainers that are out there? Well, first, I love writing. It's how I learn. It's how I memorize the things, the anatomy, physiology, all those processes that are, are so complicated to me. I have to write about them in order to, uh, to integrate them. And so by writing about them, I'm able to create curiosity out of my audience or my, my clients and sort of mimic what I'm feeling so that they can be interested in fixing their things and then fixing their bodies and using exercise and nutrition and everything to improve their lives. So uh, what really makes me unique is my writing. And then uh, what my clients tell me is, uh, for instance, they're always surprised when uh, they come to me for lower back pain. And then I actually look at the, the strength of their hamstrings or how their feet are on the ground. And, and they're so not used to it. It's like they're used to being either getting a massage or some kind of release at the level of the back pain. But they, they're not used to someone looking at the strength of muscles that are completely at the opposite ends of the body. So uh, that's the feedback I get from the people who work with me. 
So you're really taking a holistic approach and you're saying you like you, you're looking at what connects to what and what's making the whole system get thrown out of whack rather than just where's this one spot that needs some help. Exactly. And, you know, it's the same thing with sleep. It's the same thing with everything around the gym and uh, around the workouts. Uh, you know, you could have the, the greatest body composition ever. If you don't have your sleep in check, you're going to crash at some point down the line. So that's a very big part of what I do as well. Yeah. So, so important. So what are you noticing, you know, with all this sitting in the pandemic, um, what are you noticing or what's the effect that you're noticing that's having on people's bodies? Based on what they're telling me, uh, there's just a lot of new neck and lower back pains, right? So uh, you're looking at screens all day long, you're sitting, uh, maybe you're not moving around as much uh, because you're not commuting, right? So, so and you don't necessarily have the, the your workout habit in. So these things catch up to you and eventually they come out as pain. So you're feeling your neck, you're feeling your lower back. And often we think, oh, this is where I'm injured, but that's just the, the signal where the signal is coming from. That's the part of your body that is working harder than it should because other things are not pulling their part. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's the, the neck and lower back have been the two most, and uh, you know, sleep, uh, poor sleep, anxiety related to sleep. Uh, that's the general feedback I've been getting from people. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So let's, let's start from the ground up. So let's talk about feet for a moment. Um, as I was perusing your website, uh, you know, I noticed that there was a whole section on feet, which is not necessarily something that you find on a trainer's website. So tell me why it is that that has a prominent place on your website. Uh, well, it's mainly due to my own experience, right? Uh, so I had all these ankle injuries and, and foot related injuries from playing sports and which didn't necessarily affect me on the short term, but you know, seven to 10 years later, I had this low back pain that just wouldn't go away. And I was pulling, doing, I, I was helping people fix their lower backs, yet I couldn't even fix my own thing with my own method. So I knew something was wrong. And uh, thankfully I found a mentor in Montreal who's, who just brought my attention to things like the role of the feet or even how your eyes move can influence the rest of your posture. And so I've that fixed my lower back pain. Uh, I haven't had lower back pain since. And if I do feel something, it takes two seconds to fix. And it was by addressing, uh, I had completely uneven weight distribution on my two feet on each foot. Mm -hmm. So on one side, my body was, you know, crooked like that. And then on the other one, it was, uh, the foot was different. So right off the bat, whenever I would try to move, stretch or do anything, my footing was off and it would just, you know, throw off everything above. So and so- Oh, what, do you no, do about that? what do you do about that? Well, first of all, you have to identify the source of why your feet are uh, the way they are, right? So, so sometimes it could be past injury or recent injury. Often it's the shoes that you wear on a daily basis, which are going to change the shape of your, of each foot, right? Now you've got these, these shoes that have high arch support. They've got uh, the, so high ankle support with uh, arch support and the insoles. And so all those, those hundreds of tissues in your feet are not working anymore. They've been replaced by the shoes. Mm. And so you lose what you don't use. And over time, uh, you don't, your arches will flatten. You'll have flat feet. Uh, or depending on how you walk, you know, there's going to be more weight on your left than your right. So the, the, sh your, the shoes you wear have a, a big impact, right? So I have a lot of clients who wear high heels or wore high heels often, right? So high heels completely change your ankle and your foot if you wear them every day. And so they all have the same lower back problem, which is easily fixed by addressing you know, the foot. So 
you have to look at your footwear. And then, of course, if you're living a generally inactive lifestyle, uh, your feet are just never going to be exposed to your own body weight. So there, there's going to be a disconnect between, between them. Mm-hmm. And so every movement will be compromised. So interesting. So once you become aware of problems with your feet, like the unequal distribution, is there a way to like, what do you train yourself to do? So you change your footwear, but can you change how you move your body? What do you, what do you do about that? Well, first of all, spending more time barefoot will work wonders. And it's a, it's a long-term thing, but your feet have hundreds of thousands of sensors in the skin of the soles underneath to feel the ground. And you put them in socks, you put them in shoes, which completely numbs this, this crucial connection that we're supposed to have with the ground. So uh, by spending more time barefoot, walking on grass, walking on sand, if you live near a beach, you know, you're, you're exposing your foot to all these different sensations and that's keeping them awake. So that's the, the basis of it, of it all is to make sure that they're able to, they don't go numb from just being in shoes all the time. And so afterwards, uh, obviously there are exercises that you can do uh, to target specific parts of the foot. Uh, For instance, in my assessments, I look at how people move their toes. Are they able to move their big toes independently from the other toes? Because it's different muscles that are working that. And often I I tell them to, to move them independently and it just moves as one big clump. Like, and even they tell me that it's overwhelming for them to try it mentally, they feel it. So there's a huge disconnect and, and, you know, after a few sessions, their feet are moving just fine. And already that will change the way that they stand and move. So there are exercises that you can do uh, sometimes on a daily basis, you know, just to to get some blood flowing in there, keep all the tissues. I say alive because really uh, what I see in practice is the people's feet are are nearly dead. They, They don't even, they don't even respond to simple commands, like lifting your big toes up and keeping all your other toes down. So uh, and then afterwards, uh, you know, trying to work out or take walks or hikes uh, with shoes that are barefoot shoes and keep uh, your uh, your soles close to the ground so that whenever you're walking, every step you take, it's actually stimulating instead of numbing uh, the, the whole machinery of your foot. Yeah, it's so interesting. We, you know, we think we're so advanced. We have these fancy sneakers with all, you know, all of these um insoles or whatever they are, you know, arch, you know, all the, like the cushioning. And we think that's a good thing. And then come to find out that it's actually creating lazy feet <laughs> and exactly sabotaging us. That's it. And uh, so you don't realize it because you're always wearing shoes, but then when you're not wearing your shoes, your feet are compromised they're weak. And so, you know, just the mere fact of, of uh, going up the stairs or bending down to pick something up will, will make one of your discs pop or, or trigger some kind of pain. That's, uh, you know, in the lower body or even uh, I work with a lot of joggers who have shoulder and neck problems, even though they only do a sport that is mostly lower body, they have pain in the upper body because every time their foot lands, the shock travels all the way up because the main thing that's supposed to absorb the shock is not doing its work. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So our feet, we have to pay a lot more attention to our feet. Um, what I know this is, I, I know of this for a different reason, um, but just rubbing, like putting a tennis ball under your foot and just kind of moving it under your foot. Would you say that's recommended for most people? A tennis ball is actually too soft. You want more of a baseball or a lacrosse ball, or even like a, you know, they have those like spike balls. Yeah. With like uh, just something to, to stimulate, but just, it has to be a little stiffer. Uh, a tennis ball is is soft. So you press on it and it doesn't give as much massage as you'd like but that was the first thing 
even before I met my mentor who uh, taught me all about the feet, that was one of the first things that I noticed is that, hey, when I rolled the ball under my foot before a set of squats, my biomechanics are actually a lot smoother. So then it just made a lot of sense to me that, you know, actually giving your feet way more attention will, will change everything else. I guess it makes sense. You know, foam rolling is very popular these days. And so it's probably a, a similar uh, mechanism at play, right? That's it. Just a different part of the, of the body. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, as you know, I, um, I'm primarily focused on teaching people habits. How do you create better health habits to, um, to support overall wellness? So what do you, and I know this is a language that you speak as well. So when, when you think about habits, what, what comes to mind for you in terms of the work that you're doing? One of the biggest things that's missing in uh, popular fitness media is information about the learning curve that one has to go through when they start integrating new habits, right? So we know that exercise and nutrition are important. They're important habits to have, but nobody's talking about the skill that is necessary to be able to benefit from these habits, right? So you're looking at people on social media that have hundreds, if not thousands of hours on most people in the world, or they've been involved uh, in sports since they were in high school. Uh, they continued on, became trainers, like sort of like me. And uh, exercise and nutrition doesn't affect them the same way someone who's been inactive for 15 years and has back pain and you're just not living in the same world at all. So any expectation that you can have from li listening to these people will not be necessarily related to your situation. So when you're picking a new habit, whatever it is, if it's for sleep, if it's for exercise, nutrition, just tell yourself that you're going to be bad at it. Like learning anything new, there's going to be a period where you're going to suck at it and you might even fail and give it up and then pick it up again. But if you expect that just deciding to do a new habit will give you the results that you expect, you're going to be in for a harsh reality check. But if you look at it as a skill to develop something to get better at the same way, you know, you wouldn't go give surgery by getting accepted into surgery school, right? You have to actually go through the process yourself. And the, 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 the length, the timeline is grossly underestimated. You know, you should set your objectives for three to 10 years if you've been inactive for a while, like it's, you got to look at it on a long-term scale. It, it's so true. You know, uh, I know I'm guilty of this. I'm sure we all, are. you know, instant gratification. We, we want, if we're working towards a goal, we want it yesterday. And it's really, really hard to be patient and acknowledge what your starting point really is um, and say, it's going to take a, a whole lot longer than you think it is to get to where you want it, where you want to be. That's it. So what do you find by acknowledging that and by labeling that? What do you see in the clients that you work with? Well, it just changes. Now they're not running against the clock, so to speak, where there's this illusion that they're chasing, right? The body, the ideal body, what they want to look like, which is fine. It, it gives you direction. You need unrealistic goals or something that's completely opposite of you because you got to walk somewhere. But you just have to look at every workout as uh, something that's in the present. So, okay. I'm doing this workout. How does it compare to my other workout? I'm strong. I'm a little bit stronger. My movements are a bit smoother. Okay, good. So now I know that I'm getting better at exercise. And so every workout, you try to evaluate the progress that's happening in real time in the present without comparing yourself to that end result, which is always going to be a failure, right? Every day you're going to weigh yourself. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, I'm failing at what I'm trying. Whereas if you change your perspective and just look at it, okay, I've started this new exercise habit. 
how have I progressed since I started? And then you're more in the moment and every day is just progress that way. You're not failing every day. You're observing new things. And eventually these small victories become that big result that you want. I love that. Yeah. So if you're focusing on, on just one or two markers of progress, like scale movement or changes in inches or even changes in the amount of weight that you can lift, those take a lot of time. And, it, and it's almost like we need something, we need more frequent reinforcement in order to stick with it long enough to get there. So if you can find other markers of progress, you're going to see the movement and you're going to feel more compelled to stick with it. Yep. And well, exercise is the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Exercise is the perfect platform for that because you can you can notice uh, improvements almost on a session to session basis. It's like, well, I lifted five pounds more today. I did more reps than I had the day before. And by looking for these little wins, eventually the workouts just start flu- uh, flowing. Yeah. And before you know it, you'll look at the mirror and say, oh, wow, okay, I'm much better than I was uh, six months ago. So that actually brings up another point. Um, and I don't know how much this is something, um, how much you talk about this in your work, but the importance of tracking, you know, having, identifying what are the variables that you're going to look for and then actually tracking it. So things like how much weight are you lifting? How many reps could you do? Um, how sore were you or what your energy was? How tanked were you by the end of, of a workout? Um, because if you don't know what the target is, then you don't know what to look for, and then you're not going to notice the change. So is that something that you talk through with your clients? Like these are the things that we're going to look for and that we're going to measure? Yep. And, you know, depending on which uh, subscription they use on my website, uh, we have either meetings once a month, once a week. Uh, some private coaching is multiple times in the week. And that's where we exchange the feedback. And if I'm working with them, obviously, three to five times a week, I can see it almost in real time. And uh, for the others, well, it's like, okay, well, talk to me about how your workouts went. What did you feel? Uh, and then they'll tell me, I'll say, Hey, maybe you should look at this too. You know, this, this change. And then it's like, Oh, you're right. It did. And then, so I, it really depends. It's a case by case thing, yeah. but I do try to, especially sleep quality. Sleep quality is one of the things that I track. I make people track the most and, and as simple as rating your sleep. Like, how do you feel in the morning? Right. Because, uh, the better your sleep is, the easier it is to accomplish your body composition goals. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any apps that you like to use for monitoring sleep? Uh, no, I don't, I don't like monitoring sleep because I'm against really having any kind of uh, electronic in your room or any, even something that measures on your body uh, because okay. it disrupts uh, the, the, your natural sleeping cycles. So whatever information you have, might not be accurate because it's been disturbed by the waves and the, the Wi-Fi or the connecting. So uh, it, it, it's hard for me. I don't really recommend anything. If they like using Aura Ring and then track it, sure, like it's great. It gives you uh, something to track. It's just I don't personally recommend uh, these things. Yeah. And in fact, I tell them, I tell them keep anything out of your room because you'll just feel better the next morning. I know there are a lot of people talking about this. I hadn't heard a whole lot about it. I mean, I, I know from a distractibility standpoint, a lot of people talk and something I would recommend is get your phone out of your room if it's creating a distraction for you. Um, but the, what is it? The EMS, the electromagnetic fields that's being emitted mm -hmm. from the devices and the Wi-Fi. So I actually got these organite. Um, yeah, okay. Pyramids, you know, so right. I'm not ready to take my phone out of my room yet, but I did get those little organites to, um, well, that's it. You're adjusted, right? That's yeah. it. So there's different ways of going at it. But uh, I find that people that have sleep issues, if I get them to remove 
all electronics and, and cells and whatever from the room, the next morning they'll tell me that, okay, I feel, I feel a difference. That's so that's something that I, I make sure to encourage with everybody that works with me. Yeah. That's really amazing. That's good to know. Um, okay. So if you could, you know, if you could talk to the people who are listening today, or if you could, um, sum up your clients, like what's the one thing, the one thing you would most want them to learn from their work with you? Well, that's actually my mission is to help my students achieve what I call sovereign fitness, which is a state of independence on all workout related matters. So I want them, I want to put myself out of business. I don't want, I want everybody in the world to know how to personally train themselves. You don't have to do it for clients, but you should be able to make every decision related, related to your health, uh, exercise, nutrition, sleep. You should know what to do, right? So we talked about people's situations changing during the pandemic. Well, I would like my students to be able to know what to do and not necessarily have to rely on me to tell them. But obviously that doesn't happen overnight. That's, it could take many years and that's why I call it the online school of exercise, but it's uh, strive to become independent. And that doesn't mean not learning from, from mentors or professionals. It just means if ever all the professionals were to disappear, you would still be okay and capable of eliciting your own results. So that's my main thing that I want people to take from me. And even if it's three months, then I want the things that you learn during those three months to follow you for the rest of your life. Right. If I teach you a certain exercise or why you should do a certain exercise and how this information will be useful to you, you know, for, forever. Yeah. I, I call that same model. I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a psychologist in addition to okay. coach. And so I, yeah. I use those same, those same words. I say my goal is to my is to work myself out of a job. I don't want people to feel like they have to wait until they have a session with me to figure out what to do. So my approach involves a lot of skill building so that when something comes up, they have the tools that they need and they don't need me anymore. But we work side by side, however long it, it we work side by side. And then I gradually take a step back and give people a little bit more independence to see how they do on their own and then they can consult with me. And then I just, you know, kind of slowly, slowly back off. So um, I can definitely appreciate. Oh, that's, and it's a great mentality. It's just a much healthier mentality for me as well, because it's a lot more gratifying. There's more, you know, it's, it's more long-term because a lot of body composition goals are extremely short-term and, you know, the body changes over time, whether you like it or not. So uh, you have to, to, have more than a body composition goal. You, you want to have things that last you for a lifetime. And I imagine most people can't afford to have a private trainer, you know, by their side three times a week for the rest of their life. So you have yeah. to be able to internalize a lot of the lessons so that you can be your own trainer. But I want to give a little caveat to that. Um, as a, as much as I 100% agree to that philosophy at the same time, I also believe in building a professional team around you. And there are so many um, there are, you know, so many people, if you look around you, anyone listening, if you look around, you, you know, people who have expertise in a lot of different areas. And these days there's so much information available to us, whether it's online, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Google, whether it's Instagram, you know, TikTok, whatever it is, we have access to so much information. And so why not take advantage of it? You know, definitely work on your own skills and work on your autonomy, but draw from all of this, um, you know, because it's there, you know, it's definitely absolutely. And you'll find your own, everybody's so different. Right. And there's so many systems out there for all for nutrition, for lifestyle, for, for yeah. exercise. And with social media, you can sort of find 
people that are a bit more like your personality or your they, they have similar interests, right? And then you can sort of create these networks. So it is definitely a wonderful thing to have all this information if you're able to stay grounded with it and not go crazy, right? Because that's well, another yeah. it can aspect be overwhelming. of it. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other topic. It can be overwhelming, yeah. but it also is, is really a wonderful gift that's there for us so we should take advantage of it. Um, and at the same time, I also, I've probably said this on other episodes, so I just kind of want to clarify my position on this. And I'm sure you feel the same way of how important or how helpful it can be to have accountability partners. You know, there, there's oh, yeah. a time and a place for them. So when you're just getting started, Sometimes, you know, you don't have the tools within you and you don't have the, the willpower, the habits, the, the commitment, all of that. And so it really does pay to put together some sort of accountability system in the beginning while you're getting used to it, but you won't always need it. You know, I'm, and I'm sure you see this, see this with your clients that they get to a point and they get it. And, you know, because you've worked side by side for so long, they've got it now so that you can take that step back um, and they can do it on their own. But being that accountability partner and looking for that when you're just starting out with something can be a really important part of the journey. Absolutely. It's so important. And I, I love being that person for, you know, for them. But also, I have a training partner, right? And it helps so much to have somebody to train with who also keeps me accountable because no matter how advanced you are in this uh, fitness game, you're always going to strive to improve and you're going to have to maintain whatever results that, yeah, that you got. So it's a lifetime effort and uh, you'll, you, you can't do it on your own. You need uh, a, a network to support you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So it's a combination. If you really take advantage of all of it, take advantage of the, the tools and the information that's out there, work on your own skills and your own habits, um, and then keep the accountability bunnies and community around forever because they're there and they just make everything better and lead to greater success. So why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, super. Okay, so um, I always like to share this at the end. If people are interested in learning more about what you do or contacting you, where can they find you? My website is onlineschoolofexercise.com. I'm very active on Twitter at MyThoughtFood. That's where I post the most. It's, it's where I post the content for my, my clients, but then also for anybody who's interested in learning about uh, taking care of themselves. And uh, that those are the, mainly it. <laughs> Interesting. So Twitter over Instagram, huh? Yeah. I okay. tried Instagram and Facebook. Uh, for some reason, it was very slow. It didn't work out for me. I was also new at social media, right? It yeah. was fairly new, but then I started posting on Twitter and then like, that yeah. was the, that was, that was the platform for me. And, and I, most of my clients come from, most of my online clients come from uh, Twitter. So it's where I post and I, I love it. I, I've made the, some great friends uh, yeah. through that platform. That's fascinating. Maybe that's a conversation that we'll have to have offline. Um, you know, I do a lot on social media, um, but I okay. don't do a lot on Twitter. So I'm really intrigued by that. So we'll have a con okay. another conversation about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. This was really fascinating for me. And I know that it will be for my listeners as well. So I thank you so much. And thanks everyone for joining us. And I'll be back next week. Hello, friends. It's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to www.healthythenumber4lifebycarolperlman.com, you'll see more information about my current time management classes. 
If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21 day habit formation course that is now available to you. They, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I find that that is often time the case. So go look on the website, healthy for life by carolperlman.com and you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences, but the general one is just the it's about time, time management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date and there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. Step-by-step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out, and I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.